You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Cold open question of the week, Kaz. What's up, Shoes? 25 years ago today. Mm. Goldberg pinned Hulk Hogan in the Georgia mm. Dome in front of 40,000 fans. Mm. My question for you is, where does this rank among your top all-time wrestling moments and follow-up, why is it number one? <laughs> Can I, uh, before we finish this, I'd I just like to say, for folks who have listened to this show for the past, I don't know, three months, one would think I'm like a massive Goldberg mark, which I'm not, <laughs> which I'm not. I just, I just think Goldberg is so perfect for AEW, so that's why I've been going so hard for him. That being said, Goldberg beating Hulk Hogan uh, in the Georgia Dome at Monday Nitro, as far as Monday Night Wars are concerned, I think it's aged a lot better than it did when it initially happened, right? Like, I, I, I think now, I got to put it as far as, like, Monday Night War moments, it's got to be top five or maybe top three. You know oh, what I'm saying? Geez. Like, it, it's, it's, it was massive. Like, I don't think people realize, you know... The and the undefeated streak in professional wrestling is still being trying to be replicated because of how successful this thing was. I feel like the only the only drawback I can only take from this is that <laughs> if they manage to do this on a pay per view, maybe WCW is still alive today. <laughs> like maybe it's the last. Well, no, I mean, another- is that, is actually would the pay per view been better? I mean, it's still. I mean, it would have been a big pay-per-view, but it would have gotten less viewers, presumably. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I think the pay-per-view thing's out the window. I think it was a perfect, you know, confluence of events. The location, obviously, is huge. Goldberg being a former Falcon, but that also being home turf. I mean, it's almost like... It's almost like... if. And with the storyline in a perfect spot, it would this that was actually that's the case of for like Sammy winning in Montreal, right? I mean, how big of a moment would that have been? Although... You can make the you can make the case at the time when we did. Sammy wasn't the story, you know. Sammy was a piece of the story, but it was always Jay or whatever. And and Goldberg in in the in WCW, Goldberg dethroning Hogan was the story for sure, for sure. But I, I would say, 
you know, I, I always thought there's a world that if that match is built up to a pay-per-view, and, and I get it, right? Like, it's the Monday Night Wars, it's the Georgia Dome, like, you're, you're catching lightning in the bottle. I remember, like, that's one of the few Nitros I remember from front to back. Like, I remember that entire episode. I remember him having a match earlier to defend the United States title, I think against Scott Hall, if I'm not mistaken, against somebody. And then then he went on to face Hulk Hogan. And, um, man, it was just so electric, bro. Like, I can't tell you, man. Listen, pro wrestling, to me, I love the athleticism. I love physical storytelling. I love... Uh, technicalities and and the match quality, but man, sometimes you just cannot you you can't put a number or or a level of love on just star wattage and just a massive moment. And Goldberg to me had one of the most massive moments in professional wrestling history. Uh, I still love that. I think that's where to me it might have peaked with Goldberg, and I think they've been trying to recapture that sort of magic for the last. 20, what do you say? Is it a 25-year anniversary? Yeah. I think they've been trying to recapture that same magic of that night for the past 25 years. Uh, but there's a reason for it because that that was that was an ill-ass moment, man. And I don't care what you say. If you, what, what wrestling snob listens to this show and tries to shit on Goldberg and uh, his match rate and his work rate and all that type of stuff. I'm a Bret Hart fan, too. You can't front on how big of a moment Goldberg versus Hogan on Nitro was, so... Uh, I got it as my top three as far as like Monday Night War moments. Easy. It was a pretty. It was pretty awesome. The arena. I mean, I've said it a million times, but what we need in the wrestling world, what WWE particularly has needed for a long time, is more variance in the arena settings because every okay. NBA arena is the same now. Every yes. and also their production is so on point. You know, for better or worse, in this case, worse that like everything looks exactly the same. Right? How cool was? those like early big NXT cards and like whatever the closest rodeo arena they could find to WrestleMania was right. Or like, you know, I mean, just that stuff feels great. Georgia dome is a different era of dome. You know, it feels you so think, different. Do you think we'll ever get a uh, Monday night raw or SmackDown in a, in a football stadium like that? I mean, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think that they'd be more likely just to throw another pay-per-view on the calendar than to, you know, just, I mean, who knows? Who knows? May, I mean, maybe if things are like absolutely at their peak, if we hit another another level of Monday Night Wars level popularity where people are just freaking out to get tickets, who knows? You know, maybe they run a football stadium for two nights of WrestleMania and they're like, hell, we'll just stay here for Monday. That's, you know, that's, I mean, that's kind of the only drawback of not having a Monday Night War anymore, right? Because they felt like they had to do that as far as having that competition on the other on the other channel on on Monday Night Raw. So, like, I, unless unless I see WWE trying to like I don't know take a, a percentage of an audience from Monday Night Football or something like that, like or if they're going head to head against like a Monday Night Football. Both companies uh, are running the UK in giant arenas in pretty short order. You know, I mean, so, it's they're you know, there's this stuff still going on. It's just not it's it's still checkers or chess or whatever. It's ooh, still it's just man. not going on head to head on network television. Dirt, dirty moves, dirty moves. But I haven't seen it talk about uh, WrestleMania London or WrestleMania Paris just weeks before All In. I think that was, <laughs> oh man, business is business, as Young Thug would say. <laughs> anyway, let's start the show. 
What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. This is Roast Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. Husky, Steve Kazee. This is Trey Kirby. This is your girl, WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hi, this is Lillian Garcia. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to the And you're listening you're to You're listening to You're listening to And you're listening to You are listening to The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show with Kaz. How you doing, bud? You ready for business? Business is business, man. I'm ready. I'm good. Uh, I'm, I've been threading all morning. Uh, it's the fourth social media app I've downloaded in the past week. I've been on. I don't Blue's. even know. I just see the thread is tr- is trending on Twitter. I don't even know what it is. I, I got to put you on, Dave, because you're not you're not deep in these in these social media streets like I am. I'm 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 all the way in it. And in the past week alone, I've downloaded Blue Sky, Spill, Thread, Thread, yeah, Thread, and um, Mastodon, all, uh, four mm-hmm. different apps. Um, and I think they're all they're all owned by separate people. Blue Sky is, you know, uh, Jack, who originally founded Twitter. That was like his offshoot of Twitter. Spill is like a lot of the black employees of Twitter and their version of it. And this morning, Thread drops. And this is uh, Mark Zuckerberg's answer to Twitter. And I got to tell you, Dave, uh, I know we've been... Heavy in the Twitter streets on the Ringer Wrestling Podcast um, network and all that type of stuff. Of all the Twitter adjacent, as R- Rosenberg would say, the Twitter adjacent uh, apps that have, have come out, I think Zuck might got one, man. I'm, I'm really I'm really messing with Twitter. It's just very easy to use. If you have an Instagram page, I feel like this is an ad. This is an ad. But if you have an Instagram page, um, you can you can automatically just follow all the people you already follow on Instagram. So it's just very seamless. Uh, it's clean. Uh, I got my verified check mark back, which is nice. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I've been threading on there all day, and a lot of the a lot of the grapplers, a lot of the wrestlers, have been uh, migrating over the thread as well. So I think they've I think they've won the week long war on the uh, the the uh, <laughs> the war the social- for Twitter users <laughs> in the past all right. week. I'll take your word for it. it. I got to yeah, get you well, on there. You got to get you got to get threaded, man. It's, it's all right. Easy. I'll get it's I'll, nice. I'll, Yeah, we'll see. I'll thread about as much as I tweet. Um, <laughs> we got uh, we got it's a th- your, your regular Thursday show. We got a lot to talk about. Raw happened. Dynamite happened. But we're going to do something special this week. Ooh, something a little bit different. We we're going to talk about NXT. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about it. There is so much that happened on this episode of NXT that I wanted to talk about. Then you said you had some you wanted to talk about it. So, all right. All right, let's just do it. Man, I I really loved this week's episode of NXT. Like, and I'll be, I'm being completely upfront and and forthright. Like, I haven't been as locked in on NXT as I usually am. Like, I'll top pop in here and there as far as uh, certain matches are concerned. I think, uh, obviously, since the NBA season has ended and Tuesday is such a big NBA day, it was really hard for me to catch up on NXT. But the good thing I love about NXT is that characters have been so defined that I could miss these dudes for literally a month and a half and be caught up immediately. From the video packages to the the characters, it feels like every segment, something good 
or something storyline driven was being pushed. And I think it culminated. It wasn't the main event of NXT, but the debut of NXT Underground was like, oh, they got something here. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there was two guys like Damon Kemp. I'm 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 vaguely familiar with. Uh, he is the brother of Gable Stevenson and a new guy. Um who looks like 2009 Randy Orton, the way he's built. Uh, but, you know, Eddie, Eddie, Thorpe. Eddie Thorpe. Yeah, I forgot his real name because I think he was also in mixed martial arts, whatever, uh, accompanied by Gable Stevenson, one of the most uh, sought after and highly recruited uh, people of the NIL era in WWE. Yeah. And it was one of those things. It passed the test of, I know we don't channel surf anymore, but if you were just surfing through channels and you just stopped and saw that, and just seeing like a crowd of young people just smacking on the mat, people getting belly to belly suplexed out well, the ring. Yeah, Gable Stevenson beating people up. I was like, "This is dope." A couple I of loved things. This. One, Eddie Thorpe. It was is Carl Fredericks was his name in, okay. in New Japan. Um, oh, he was Carl in Fredericks. New Japan. Oh man, Carl, I had no idea. Yeah, Carl Fredericks is a real guy. I mean, it, sorry, is his real name? He is also a real. Oh, he's from the New Japan LA Dojo. Um, but he is a real, real dude, an incredible wrestler. And judging by his performance on NXT this week, he is going to be a big-time guy in WWE. I always had high hopes for him, but, you know, sometimes the, the, the translation doesn't always work out. You know, I mean, you're, you're playing to a different set of cameras and to a different, you know, a different distance of fans in, in a, when, you're, when you get to WWE. Sometimes you can't make... You know the strong style, the submissiony stuff, the MMA style stuff work. You know, and to the to the on the on the big on the on the on the big stage. And man, he made everything look so good. I mean, it's honestly, it's it, it's it's my knock on on um, Riddle. You know, to some extent, it's just like he's got the right moves. They don't always look like they click. And but man, Eddie Thorpe is a dude, and he will be uh, a name to uh, someone to follow and pay attention to. Whether or not you're watching NXT week in and week out. Same thing with Damon Kemp. Damon Kemp's been hanging around the creeds, and we'll talk about them in a second for a while. But it's funny. I looked at the after we'd already decided to talk about NXT. I look at a you know the the our Google Doc, and one of the articles that Brian or somebody threw in there was that uh, Meltzer said people in WWE have said Gable Stevenson could be quote better than a lot of people originally thought. That was my note. Watching him just suplex some dudes yep. this week. Yeah, he, he suplexes. <laughs> He does a little victory dance, and I'm just like, whoa, how does this guy look one million times more compelling doing this than he's done than he has doing anything ever before? Yeah, yeah. I feel like the past several years, uh, obviously the hype of the Olympics and being, you know, just a beast of Minnesota, uh, getting the Brock Lesnar rub, the Paul Heyman rubs, like it's almost felt like it was too much too soon. But he did the smart thing, and or whoever was advising him did the smart thing and got him back in NXT. And in, what was it, 40 seconds of actual physicality, he looked mm-hmm. like the man. He looked yeah. like the absolute fucking man. Like, uh, the, the the suplexes were a high angle. The celebrations looked charismatic. And the great thing about his, uh, you know, his, his, his legitimacy as a real amateur athlete and a gold medal winning athlete is that you don't got to do much. To solidify him as a, as a legitimate badass, right? Like he just needs to be uh, likable. He just needs to be charismatic, and I feel like he pulled that off 
in that in that in that showcase. So I feel like with NXT Underground, everybody came out looking better than before. I think Damon Kemp looks like a real I, badass. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm a little bit perplexed about the Damon Kemp thing. By the way, as I'm doing this, I was like googling just to get his make sure I had his his stats right. And one of the things that came up was the top 45 moves of Damon Kemp on YouTube. Let me tell oh, you, yeah. you made it. <laughs> 39 of them uh, probably shouldn't be on any list, but um, I'm so I'm so I have so many questions about him, and we've never talked about it on the show. Uh, as you said, he's Gable Stevenson's older brother. Yes. Um, Stevenson is like training in you know under the cloak of darkness because their hopes are so high for him that they want to make sure they position him just right. Yeah. Meanwhile, Damon Kemp's out here like working week in and week out. And I don't know if he's supposed to, if like Gable Stevenson's like learning through osmosis, like his brother goes out there and takes the bumps and does it on TV and Gable Stevenson somehow absorbing all of this. I'm not sure. But I think my bigger question is, I get why they're calling him Damon Kemp and not just yeah. like, you know, like big bro Stevenson. But I don't know how you can fake being brothers in in the, in 2023 pro wrestling on the main roster. I mean, right? been, uh, you can I, have I, fake. You, we, okay, listen, we've had a lot of fake brothers, right? Yes. Christian and Edge were brothers. You know, there've been a lot of there've been a lot of like kayfabe siblings in pro wrestling, as For it sure. goes without saying. For sure. But there's also a history of kayfabe siblings or relatives pretending they're not related. You know, now, most are we recently, talking Mi the genius and Randy Savage, right? Yeah, like or, this one. you know, Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, you know, that kind of thing. I, mm. Wrestling fans are willing to suspend disbelief, but I still think they push you together. I mean, I don't think those two guys can be in the same ring without the fan, without fans chanting like, you know, I mean, they had they had they had a few face offs during this NXT underground yeah, match. They put them right there next to each like, other. Oh, okay, like they're you know they kind of sized each other up, and it was like if you didn't know, you kind of like wow, these guys actually look pretty. <laughs> they look they look pretty similar to each other if you didn't know Google's at all. Uh, but I, I don't know how long you could keep that going. I don't, I don't know if this is, and I feel like they know that right. Like there's no way you make us wait for Gable Stevenson this long. Right to do some real in ring work, and the first thing you put him in is near his brother. Right, like I, I know we get we have to suspend our disbelief for a while, but I feel like they did that for a reason. I feel like they did that with the plans of a grand reveal, like surprise. Um, just to see if, to see if the like, crowd, if the crowd chants, "You guys are you are brothers," yeah, something like you know? that. Right, like <laughs> they I didn't don't know. chant. They didn't give him the um, the 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 demolition response for the crowd accident. Dude, you, you out can, of the ring. You can go um, full. You you disgrace the the Steven the Stevenson name, and that's why I go by the name of Damon Kemp or some, oh. something something like that. You know what I mean? But brother rivalries are always my jam when it comes. Well, but to I think it's a flip the, side. Is true too, where it's like if you bring him in his brother, then we're talking about you know, like that. You then your shelf life, or at least the ceiling, is pretty low. You're the lesser Stevenson. What right. are we going to do with you? It's like you're automatically genetted. It almost it almost happened like that for the Creed brothers as well. Like I feel like when the Creed brothers first popped off, everyone was really high on Julius Creed. I was like, oh yeah, this guy's well, the guy. Good reason, but then, yeah. But then you see his brother doing springboard four fifties in the main event, yeah. And it's just like, oh yeah, this guy's pretty awesome too, you know. So well, I will accept your segue and uh, counter with a uh, uh, whatever comes next. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, so let's talk about the Creeds. They lost against the Dyad, and the loser leaves the NXT match. Maybe the first ever loser leaves match where you didn't know what was going to happen going in because the Dyad has this long-running shoot story that they asked for a release and didn't get it. Um, Now... I would assume that at this point, HBK or whoever has talked them into staying and, you know, or at least given them a roadmap for what the next time with the future will look like until they get the release or just convince them to hang around because they're both top notch workers. And they're I mean, the main event in NXT is is a nice little warming package. You'd be like, hey, man, we're at least going to do you right. But you start with two guys who've openly asked for their release, publicly asked for their release. Yes. And then you put them in a loser leaves the company match, and and yeah, most people are going to be like, okay, this is this is how they finally write them off. But but um, with some shenanigans, um, they ended up winning the match. Love shenanigans. <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, Joe Gacy, you know, who's the the leader of the crew, uh, was kicked off. Was forced to leave ringside by the referee, and then with just an ama- just barely enough time to potentially, if it was indeed him, change clothes, put on a hoodie and a mask or whatever and run back out. Someone interfered on behalf of the dyad. Uh, gave a masked headbutt to Julius, I believe, and and uh, lost and, and, and cost um, the Creeds the match. So the Creeds lose. The Creeds are off. Now, there have been a lot of rumors lately, quiet ones, that there's going to be call-ups from the main roster call-ups that are, you know, not just happening at the week after WrestleMania, that this is going to happen more continuously, and some of them might surprise you. I mean, the Creed brothers shouldn't surprise you. These dudes showed up ready to go, and they could be a huge addition to whatever show they're on. They looked uh, ready the second episode of NXT 2.0. <laughs> I was oh, like, these guys man. are real. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're really, they're really, really great. Brutus, I told you, when I, I was down in, I was down at NXT um last year uh i think end of last summer um working on some other working on some non-nxt related stuff but i but i you know got a a quick tour of the facility just what you know stuck my head in everywhere whatever but i didn't talk to anybody there uh except i just ran into a sweat covered brutus creed in the hall i was just like dude you are killing it I'm sorry to make this awkward. Um, Nothing awkward at all, though. The only thing, the only person I wanted to talk to, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's great. I saw somebody say, "Oh, I'm gonna get this wrong," but I someone online was talking about the creeds, and they were just like, "Julius is basically like a six three Kurt Angle." Mm. 
And Brutus is basically like a 5'10 Brock Lesnar. Mm. You mm. know, I mean, and that's about as amazing as you could get. That's pretty um, nice. That's pretty nice. I, <laughs> I, I wonder, um, you know, and a lot of people are saying, put them up against Alpha Academy. You know, you'd love to see that that kind of collegiate ring work explosion or whatever. Dude, to, uh, it's the moment they got called up. The first thought that shot through my mind was maybe this is the reason that they've kept the Street Profits together. Mm. Let's just let's just run this out there for like three months. Oh, my God. That would be the most that would be some athletic ass tag team wrestling <laughs> between those I mean four you could guys. put the you could put I mean listen no slight to Alpha Academy and maybe yeah. we're talking it'll be a multi-team situation when they get involved but you could put you could put the Creeds versus the Profits on the SummerSlam card tomorrow and I would mm -hmm. say all right we got a match we got a big mm -hmm. we got a big time SummerSlam match you know they, they those guys can would be incredible together it's gonna hump as the kids say. Um, but who knows? <laughs> who knows what they're gonna do with them? I mean, well, it, really, it, it's a tag team, and so we're and we're we're conditioned to tag teams showing up on the main roster and just kind of being thrown into the mix, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, now it's like pretty deadly. It's like you know, well, they. I mean, pretty deadly is actually a little bit of an outlier because they're so personality heavy. But um, they show up, and it's just like, okay, your week 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 one debut match, week two, you're in a tournament to determine the number one contender, you know, right. or uh, whatever. Um, it, the creeds are different. And it would not shock me if they got more of a, if not to this extreme, like a Brock Lesnar treatment than a traditional tag team treatment. Like debut them as a, as a, as an attraction, you know, as, as a kind of like very unique dominant force and, and roll them out there as, as something special. I mean, cause they, they, they I mean, if, if you can do it with anybody, you can do it with them. Yeah. I, I, I hear that. I, I'd also feel like, if this is a loser leaves NXT match, it feels like uh, sort of like when the NXT women's tag team titles were unified, and then all of a sudden we just started seeing a bunch of new tag teams, like especially this past Raw. I was like, damn, where did all these oh, yeah. tag teams come from? You know what I mean? Maybe that's where they're going with the Sammy and Kevin sort of run. I feel like it, we're in the midst of, you know, the Creed brothers coming up, the Street Profits are sort of lurking. I think Kofi Kingston is going to be clear to come back soon. So then you got the New Day sort of lurking around there. You got um, DIY, th those rumors as well. I mean, like, oh, there's yeah, at least be four back. or five. I think DIY for, but versus Sammy and KO is still the SummerSlam plan, but who knows? Okay. I could dig that. I could dig that. But, you know, I, I could see by this time next month or in two months, there's six or seven very viable tag teams that you know have a legitimate oh yeah a legitimate uh shot at the world tag team uh titles i didn't even mention the uh, alpha academy how over are they right now with with maxine so dupree over. you know hitting hitting basic suplexes in a singlet and and the crowd going absolutely nuts for it you know so i think right now um which you know Credit to Triple H, credit to just sort of the restructuring of making everything sort of feel important in WWE, that now tag teams might start to get the focus, right? Like, I feel like once the world title was announced, um, it really put the mid-card back into focus. And now we got, now let's see if we can do that for the tag team division. Yeah. And say, okay, now that we got Sammy and Kevin, now that we're completely done with this bloodline story, 
And who knows what's going to happen with the Usos after this, because maybe they'll run it back or maybe there's another, there's still more stories to tell between Sammy and Kevin and Jay and Jimmy now that they're not under the thumb of Roman Reigns or, or anybody like that. I think now we're probably going to see a lot more emphasis into the tag team division for the next uh, several months, because I feel like that's, that's what they had to do now. I think they, I think they got, they're, they're in the process of doing that with the women's tag teams. Mm-hmm. And I think the men's tag teams are next. So, by the way, I like that. I just, for some reason, when you said all credit to Triple H, and we say this on the show all the time, credit all to credit. The, yes. Listen, I appreciate the writers more than anybody. Maybe we should just go the other way. It's like, no, no credit to Triple H. No credit to the writing team. You chose to work <laughs> in a world of kayfabe. All right. You chose yes. to work on a show where the writers are not credited, you're not up for Emmys. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. credits at the end that scroll up to say like you know this is, this is dangerous to talk producer. about in a, in, a, in a strike in a strike era. Dave. No, You're cre- not no, no fans. credit. No, not equal credit. No credit to you guys. This you is your choice. No but you know writers. what? So we're just gonna we'll just sit here and relish in these wrestlers as if they're making it up as they go along, and you writers can appreciate that secondhand. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All credit due to Triple H and the writing team. No, I I agree. There's a potential for a huge tag team resurgence. Obviously, something that Triple H has had an eye on for a long time. So, um, yeah, that could that could potentially be really, really exciting. Um, But the Creeds, man, they're I mean, I I will be now watching to see how they debut them. I mean, I think I'm not going to be disappointed or sorry, I'm not going to be pessimistic. If they just go, if they launch, if they have a more "quote unquote" traditional debut, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if they decide to do something bigger because these guys are so big. Julius Creed might be the best athlete WWE's had on the roster, and I mean, recruit you know, new athlete WWE's had on the roster in a decade. He is so he's nuts, man. Yeah, he's insane. I want to see. I want to see. We're we're sitting here. We're gonna you know going getting excited about. Ricochet versus Logan Paul. I'm telling you, Julius Creed and Montez Ford mm. one-on-one could be the biggest holy shit match of our lifetimes. Gosh, I forgot. I think I, I went and did the bump uh, year, several months ago and Kevin Owens was <laughs> on there. And Kevin Owens like couldn't stop raving about this dude. Like he was like Julius he, Creed. Like, Julius Creed. Yeah, yeah. Like he's like obviously he said both the Creed brothers, but you know I, I don't know if he said this specifically, but there was people around, uh, you know, WWE officials that were like comparing it like his his already readiness to John Cena as far as like being like a legitimate like prototype of oh he's so okay good. he's got everything we just got to figure out what we're gonna do with him because physically he's got it all. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And um, even more so than, you know, when NXT 2.0 first launched, even there were some people that feel like they're that that his potential is even greater than a Braun Breakers or Carmelo Hayes's, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, obviously, we talk a lot about Braun and Carmelo as being like the faces of NXT 2.0, but the Creed brothers are right there, too. They were oh, right yeah. there on day one, and they had just been just as impressive as anybody. Now, probably they aren't as defined as characters. I think the 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 Diamond Mine stuff might have set them back, especially losing Stokely Hathaway, losing Roderick yeah. Strong, having to sort of reshuffle the deck a few times over there. So maybe they're not as defined as Carmelo and Braun are. But we've seen but that's so also, many times. But, listen, that but that's also a luxury, right? Yes, because exactly. we, you saw with Braun, I mean, Braun was doing it in the main event from day one. So he grew, it is growing pains in front of the whole audience, in front of the world. 
Which he said. But on, part of on yeah, no, no, and, and and he and he did great. He's doing great. But mm-hmm. but but part of from a creative side, not to give credit to the writers or anything, but from a creative side, what you have to do is you have to figure out how to shepherd them along. Yes. And with the Creed brothers, it's not a story that writes itself. It's just a practicality. Oh, wait, they're a tag team. We'll start them off as a tag team. We don't need to worry about how we get from point A to B. This is pro wrestling history. We know how to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and in some ways it'll take care of itself. Now, obviously, making the leap is, a, is something else entirely. But, man, it's funny, man. It's like we're having the conversation we have about so many of these tag teams, about the Street Profits, where you're like, yeah, but Angelo, you know, it's like we all, I know we all have Montez penciled in, but like how like where then what do you do with Dawkins and whatever? And then it's like we're already having that conversation about the Creed brothers. They've been wrestling for about an hour and a half, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think Brutus is gonna be fine. I think yeah. Brutus is gonna be really, really fine. Um maybe he can change his name to like Joe Kemp and be Damon Kemp's fake brother. I mean, yo, isn't that sort of isn't that sort of Marty Janetti's enduring legacy though? Who right, was it? Who's like, a be- someone was having. I was having this conversation with someone recently, and they said there's actually a better. It's we shouldn't call it Genetti because Genetti did something, and there was someone yeah. else, some someone really freaking obvious. Brian Kerm, who's like a more obvious Genetti. Rick Rick Steiner, nah. Well, yeah, maybe so. Rick maybe. Steiner might be the guy because yeah. Rick Steiner. Well, but the thing is, Rick Steiner had a solo career before. Well, it didn't touch Big Papa Pump. Oh, I always said it was John Morrison. John, no, John Morrison. John Morrison. No, oh, man. That <laughs> this is, a lot. No, this is I where, this is where Waters, this is where Waters jumps in. He's like, well, I always thought it was Greg the Hammer Valentine after he split up from <laughs> Brutus the Barber Bruce. Beefcake. Yeah. No one that can hold a candle. Right there, Brian. What about right that there. dog collar match in the North Carolina? No, no, no. Who cares? It's always Brutus. <laughs> it was always about Brutus. Um, yeah, no. Maybe, Rick Steiner is a good one because Rick Steiner did absolutely nothing but hang around his brother's shadow for the next, like, <laughs> five years yeah, and then went on to nothing except just like drunken homophobia so you yeah, know good, good for you dude good. transphobia um, which is even worse or um, transphobia yeah sorry the, yeah, yeah i mean uh <laughs> so anyway well you mentioned let's keep the segues rolling you talked about braun you talked about carmelo now uh braun the show the show this week closed with braun and Ilja dragonoff getting into a huge brawl which makes me made me so excited i could barely contain myself um but if that hadn't happened, I had the question for this week teed up. Because now Carmelo is feuding, you know, it, 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 feuding with the Judgment Day. He's got his, he had his, his stuff with Seth right after Braun did. And if it, if we, and I was about to pitch this whole segment on how could just fantasy book Melo and Braun onto the SummerSlam card. Mellow versus Braun? No, no, no. Just each of them. Maybe, maybe. But if, but if someone, but if you know, someone came down from the top and they were just like, get these guys on the card. But right? mm. forget, forget the Great American Bash. These are the two, you know, future faces of the company. Let's let's have give them matches at SummerSlam mm. because they were so in there. And part of me was wondering, are we just gonna like? It looks like Seth might be dancing with the Judgment Day too for a little while longer. Who knows what we're gonna? We know where this is gonna go. And so part of me was thinking, okay, so are we gonna do, are we gonna do a Seth Finn uh, um, Priest triple threat match at SummerSlam or something to that it. effect? And then and now, Got but now it. I'm like, dude, I mean, they've spent as much sell time. You, 
Can I sell? No, no, you, you can, on... you can, you can. But give me a pause. Just before before you get there, I was like, okay. are we? Seth has spent more time with these NXT top tier dudes than he has with the Judgment Day in the past month. Are, are we going to figure out? Are, is this going to be like a five way match and Braun and Mello both get in? You know, like what? Like I was, I, my my mind was going crazy. Clearly, that's not how we're going with Braun now. But sell me, sell me on what you think they should do at SummerSlam with these guys, without these guys, whatever. Is there a world where we have Seth, Trick, and Mello versus Priest, Balor, and Dom? And the six-man tag. Next week, the Judgment Day is going to be on NXT. Finn Balor answered the challenge. Rhea Ripley's been kind of floating over uh, uh, NXT, talking smack to Mello and, and, and Trick. You got Mr. Money in the Bank in that match. He, those are two opportunities he can cash in on either Carmelo Hayes or Seth Rollins after he beats the crap out of them or something like that. Like Maybe that's another angle they can go. And maybe, you know what I mean, you got Seth Rollins to continue to, you know, make the save. Maybe he shows up at NXT next week when the Judgment Day have the numbers game going up against Mello and Trick. And, you know, maybe you have a very short-lived sort of well-dressed uh, trio <laughs> of people who just don't like the Judgment Day and want to and wanna put them out of their misery and are both champions and are both looking at each other and saying, hey, Mr. Money in the Bank is right here. At least if we team up and fight this guy at SummerSlam, we know if we have a match, he can't sneak up on us after we are both, you know, kind of yeah. worn and weary and something like that. So maybe mm-hmm. us together keeps us both in the championship hunt and and sort of keeps us, uh, you know, out of the clutches of a, of a vulnerable state when this Mr. Money in the Bank is right here with his briefcase. So, And also... You're still sort of not really sure what's going on with Finn and Damian Priest since SummerSlam. I mean, since uh, since uh, Money in the Bank. Yeah. Since he maybe sort of cost him the World Heavyweight Championship. So maybe there's there's so many things at play there. Where is Damian Priest and, and Finn going to get along? Are they still tight? Are or is Damian going to try and cash in on the NXT or the World Heavyweight Championship? Is there a world? I don't know what the contract is. But is it even possible to ca- to to cash in on two champions at once? What if Damian Priest cashes in and and beats Seth and Carmelo Wait. in a triple threat match after like if, the six man tag match? If and all the titles, both- I don't think you can cash in. I mean, I don't know why you'd be able to cash in on two at once. But I guess if both titles were on the line in a match and you entered yourself into the match, yeah, then okay. do you get both? I Maybe. would say I would say so. Probably not. But okay. but we I'm should pitching go to the, here. I'm pitching here. We'll go I mean, to the rules committee on this one. <laughs> Got to call the Jack. Call up Jack Tunney and see what see what the rules is on on um, cashing in on on more than one title. But maybe no, maybe a, there's a way you work it in there before you get to SummerSlam. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's an interesting storyline if we're not doing a double cash in. There's an interesting question as to whether I mean, could you make. Damian Priest cares so much about Carmelo Hayes or something that he de- that he's determined to cash in there. That just seems like sort of a letdown, even if it were a story really well told. Well, that's the thing, though, right? It's a letdown if you're just cashing in for the NXT title. But if you're cashing in for both World and NXT championships at the same time, and now Damian Priest is going around with two titles on on Monday I think, and Tuesday. I, yeah, but then you have Damian Priest going around with two titles. I mean, is that the is that the the, the direction of your company? I mean, I'm not quite... Uh, 
pitching. I'm pitching. I feel like <laughs> there's, a right. way. there's a way it probably makes sense. And I'm sure, obviously, it's not the most simplest way to get there. But hey, there's an avenue. It's, po- it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's not possible. There's always a way. Um, so Judgment Day is showing up on NXT um, to take on or to, to whatever, to do something with Carmelo and Trick. Um, we've seen a lot of talent sharing going in that direction, obviously. I mean, to NXT and, and giving people the opportunity to, to you know, these ne- future of the company type guys like Carmelo to, to really spread their wings, see what you can do. Do you think that that's what this is? Or do you think that there's a chance that, I mean, the, the match that you pitched is great. But is it that still could be just a sort of like, you know, it's a big NXT match. It doesn't really have any bearing on the reality of the main roster. True. Is there a way that that a feud like this gets Carmelo just straight up dragged up to the main roster? I mean, I feel like that's the it almost feels like that has been the, um, you know, the way we've been going for the past several years with these call ups. Right. Like it's almost felt like if you're the NXT champion. I mean, I think Kevin Owens was the first person to really do that. Like, if you're the NXT champion and you get that sort of dip in yeah. the toe in the main roster for a few weeks or a few months, it just means in the next six months you're going to be on the main roster full time, uh-huh. right? You know, so um, I think so. I think so. I think this is sort of, I think it's been purposely done to have Seth Rollins come on NXT uh-huh. and stand next to Melo to kind yeah, of pass sure. the eye test too, right? Like, because I think that's a, that, that's been a lot of questions with Carmelo Hayes, I think a lot of folks have always thought he was just too small or, you know, a, a little bit undersized. But I feel like it's been very deliberate to put him with Baron Corbin, with Seth Rollins, with the Judgment Day, all these people. So he looks like he belongs. I think charismatic wise, style wise, you know, match rate wise, he checks off every single box. But oh, yeah. I still think it was that eye test that he still needed to pass. And I think every time he yeah, said it's not you know, just. Uh, I, you know, as a guy who invented the Randy Orton test, yes, uh, the, <laughs> it's. I always say, rule number one is it's okay to be short. It's just it's tough when you're look when you look miniature, right? Yes. If you, you, but you know, if you're short and big, if you look like you, could, you see two guys in a parking lot, like that, you know, you don't necessarily go for the tall guy. Um, <laughs> but, but, but you know, one corollary of this, if I can amend my own rule, is that it's not just about how you look standing next to somebody. It's also how you look when you're like locking up with somebody, True. right? Because you just got to you got to look like the arms and shoulders and you know Do you legs look like fit you together chance. the right way. You know, right. yeah. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I think. I think Carmelo passed every test, and I think I mean I just can't wait to see what they do with him. He if if anybody's going to get a surprise quick call up, I think the list has got to be on the men's side. We see the creeds are already there, and you know the I mean the list isn't shocking. It's Carmelo, it's Braun, and frankly, it's his opponent Dragonoff, right? I mean those, yeah. those are the dudes. Now you yeah. could you could see. Listen, there's no reason for them to if if they were de- determined to bring up. Tony D'Angelo or something. It's like okay, well, you got a character, you know, you can do it. Mm-hmm. But of the do, but but in terms of just readiness, I mean, also, you I mean, you know, whatever. Braun just Braun is growing by leaps and bounds. Maybe the argument is to leave him leave him there for another year and bring Melo up ahead of him. You know, I mean, it, anything could happen. I don't know. Um, it feels like with it feels like with uh, it feels like this past week's NXT seems like the new class is coming. Right. So, you know, they're getting ready to start grooming the next uh, Carmelo Hayes, the next 
Braun Breakers. And I think that was the point of doing NXT Underground and getting Damon Kemp over. I think that was the point of having uh, that entire match happen and Gable Stevenson in there and just being able to have ready-made main eventers on that brand. Or, uh-huh. I mean, you know, there's also the there's also the possibility that, like, there's just way more interloping forever on NXT, and NXT just stays its own. Well, separate I think that third that's. Brand. I think that the biggest takeaway from all this stuff has been kind of sort of how effortless it's all seemed, right? Yes, yeah. and that's and that's been, I think, more even more so than a specific talent looking good or whatever. That's been sort of the most hopeful part for me, because uh, it's it's always seemed so doable, and then they yeah. just went out and did it, and you're like, yes, you it wish, was that doable. You wish they did it more in the black and gold era, but. You they understand. did it some, you know, I mean, obviously there is, I mean, and in, in the earliest days, you know, I mean, like, Car- I mean, um, uh, Claudio was down there, you know, I mean, there's, you know, they yes. did some of that stuff. Yes. But it was sort of like, on the one hand, a pretty narrowly reserved role for like dudes with like, with like cred with the diehard fans, you know, or like with indie cred or whatever that weren't, that were like being very much underutilized, you yes. know, whatever. And that's, and but, and now it's still that, but I think it's just a broader definition of it, right? It's like, you can get Ziggler down there. You can get Mustafa Ali down there. You, I mean, these people that have a lot, Baron Corbin, you know, no more, no more gimmicks, Baron Corbin. Yeah. Even that was really interesting this past week. I mean, it's, it's, it was a really good episode of NXT because I feel like it just set up so many things, even the Tony D'Angelo stuff. Uh, I I can't tell you the last time the dude wrestled a match, but every time they have those segments of him talking behind the glass wall and 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 giving the orders from from behind the big house, I mean, there's a ready made feud there with with Tony D'Angelo and Dominic Mysterio, just about like just about being jailbirds and and what that life is like, and you know, can you imagine? Dirty Dom versus, you know, the mobster Tony D'Angelo and saying who's a real wise. Maybe they get along. Who knows? Like maybe. maybe no, I think they get along. Even, maybe it's not even a feud. Maybe they both have people on the inside and it's just like, oh, man, you know, I was, I, you know, you, you know why nobody touched you back there. Right, Tony D? Like, you know, I got my people. I made sure that when he was down there locked down, I was like, hey, that's my guy. Make sure you take care of him down there. And he's like, yeah, you know, I, I floated your name down there in the big house. And, you know, they told me Don Mysterio's name ring bells down here. So, you know, that's why he was, that was, why he was out to Keep come, going. come down there unscathed. So there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of routes over there. And, man, could you imagine? I, I, they're probably going to do this now. But all those, like, glass glass case calls from jail. I'm just waiting for one day for Don Mysterio to just sit on the other side of that and just talk to him oh. and be like, yo, you doing all right? Like, like you're waiting for somebody else to sit down and he's yes. the one that sits down? Oh, oh my God. It's going to be magic. Magic if they pull Man. that off. And if you if you had, and just because of how popping Don Mysterio is, if you had no idea what Tony D'Angelo was about, you are immediately locked in if oh, he's yeah. the guy that sits across from him the next time they have one of those phone calls. So it's NXT is fun, man. Even, even the women's division, right? Like the stuff with JC Jade is, and is, is, is fun. Uh, they debuted this new girl. I forgot her name. It was like Kiana Jordan, I think, or something like that. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, and, I, I might have her name wrong. I don't know her name, but, um, but yes, I, she was great. Yeah. But she came out. Cora Kiana James. James. Sort of Kiana James. Uh, Cora Jade sort of called her out and, you know, I, I hate being a, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, but when they start running down your out of the ring accomplishments before your first match, you immediately start thinking, oh, Bianca Belair, 
right? Yeah. Like this is the sort of the, the blueprint has been here for success. And now that sort of influence is already taking shape in NXT. So man, it was a really good show. It was a really good episode of NXT this week. I was really into it. Yeah, man. There's so much good stuff. You mentioned JC Jane. The match with Blair Davenport could have been better, I guess, but all the stuff that happened after the match sort of made up for it. And JC Jane is just talk about somebody who's ready for their main roster. Uh, I mean, she obviously has a lot more to learn in the ring and everything else, but she's got, she's already got a handful of stuff. I mean, and most of it's just her attitude and, you know, whatever that could, that will carry her to great things. Um, there, there. I mean, that women's roster down there, you know, it's still sort of materializing around uh, new champ Tiffany Stratton. Um, uh, I said J.C. Jane versus Blair Davenport. I meant Lyra, uh, Lyra Valkyra, but it, it was Roxanne versus Blair Davenport, which yes, is really good. Yes, Blair yes. got the big win. I thought she was just kneeing her in the face to eventually lose and then just, like, got the win. I mean, that was that was a surprising ending. Uh, Ivy Nile, who is specifically said was not part of the loser leaves town condition. So she's <laughs> gonna, apparently going to hang around um, without the Creed brothers. That'll be good for her. So Ivy Nile still there. Uh, Thea Hale. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of talent down there. Uh, and it'll be really interesting to see where they go with it. Um, I think we made Mustafa Ali and Wesley official for the Great American Bash, right? Or is that mm. whatever? But that, that's yes. going to go down. Yes. Um, which will be just a hell of a match. And... I mean, there's there's so much stuff going on, man. There's so many, there's so much talent all of a sudden down there, and now they're all going to call them up. So, uh, <laughs> well, that's the point, right? That's what you want. That's what you want to do. You want to be able to be ready. If you're not ready in two or three years, and I don't know what the name of the pay per view at the end of the year, but remember last year when they were like, "Listen, we're at this point now that if you're not ready by December, we're just cutting you off." And then they announced the, well, I forgot the name of the was it countdown or. The name of the premium live event that they oh, have yeah. for NXT, where it's just like, yeah, like, if you ain't ready by the time this pay-per-view comes out, you're either just getting called up or you're getting cut. You oh, know? we need to talk about Noam Dar, who is just like the like funniest, weirdest dude on TV. I love Very like, funny and, like, and very weird, yes. <laughs> uh, and, and just immensely talented in the ring, just separate yes. from all that, which is just incredible. I mean, what a guy. Um you know, there's still people that they're in the uh, Von Wagner. I, I think that, you know, he's getting an opportunity. He's getting another opportunity. Um, they're going to make a fucking work of Von Wagner, man. Von Wagner. They just keep they just gonna keep throwing shit at the wall. He's too big, too talented for them to not find something with him. Uh, so uh, yeah. I, I think we nailed everything, Chase U, The Chase U stuff is oh, super God. over. Chase U. Chase U. Like, it's, man, just the smallest bit of storytelling. If you get five to ten minutes on TV and you're so distinct in what you do that I don't need to have that much of a backstory, but I could know, oh, this is a college frat stable. Okay, I get, I get that. Oh, these are mobsters and one of them's in jail and has to, you know, do his work from the outside. I get that. Okay, these are two badass brothers who are like blue chip athletes, sort of in the same vein as Steiner Brothers. I get that. Oh, this is a mixed martial arts, sort of no rules, no ring ropes sort of battle. And oh, yeah, throw in an Olympic gold medalist, like for, you know, just for, for the shits and the gigs, right? Like it is, it's exactly what you think what would happen if you told me 30 years ago, hey, 30 years. Vince McMahon's going to pay Shawn Michaels a shit ton of money and say, hey, 
show me what you think wrestling should be like in your eyes. <laughs> this is what you would have said? <laughs> this is exact. yes. 1,000%. 1,000%. He's, he's, everybody has a character. Everybody has a little bit of an edge to them. Every, everybody has, they're not afraid of sex appeal. They're not afraid of all that. And, and on top of all that character shit, all, on top of all that character shit, they can all go. Like, there's nobody out there that's just like, oh, man, they're just trying to make this guy work because he's seven feet tall or whatever. It's like, nah, man, like, everybody in here has the ability that's to go true. because you're Even learning. the people it's- who I don't love in the ring, you know, they were definitely, there's a different starting point for, yes. uh, um, you know, ring capability. There's yes. a different, there's a different bare, there's a different floor than there maybe has been in generations past. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Speaking of generations past, you see Kevin Nash. I know they talked about this on Worldwide. Brian, you can jump in here if you're on. Yes. Um, they talked about this on Worldwide, but Kevin Nash said this week uh, that LA Knight, he said, I don't know if no one else is seeing what I'm seeing, but LA Knight is an absolute ripoff of The Rock. We've talked about this a lot on this show. Yeah. Brian, what we t- tell tell us what tell give us the Wednesday Worldwide take what, what, or or your take from Wednesday Worldwide what 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 do you what is your feeling on the matter? I don't feel like he's a ripoff necessarily. It's easy. I feel like that's easy to say as far as because he you know the way he talks and whatnot. But I mean he's not rocking around doing the eyebrow. He's not wearing the five hundred dollar t shirts. I think he's being L A night. Yeah, I, I hear that. And I feel like that's been a long conversation for the past several weeks about taking inspiration from Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. But it's like, why not? Right? Like, uh, well, that's they, the biggest they, thing. It's like, yeah. oh, sorry. Like, is there a rule against it? Right. Well, okay. Like, do we need to roll down the, the list of, 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 of swagger jacking that has happened in the history of professional wrestling? Because it happens. All the time, you know what I mean. Did Kevin like, Nash? It, did Kevin Nash use the phrase "swagger jacking"? Or did you no. just throw that in? <laughs> no, I, just, <laughs> I just threw that in. I just threw that in because there was there was also uh, there was also um, conversation on social media this week about Seth Rollins uh, trying to swagger jack Kenny Omega, and there was a moment I forgot. I can't find the exact tweet, but somebody put out a tweet that said. Yo, look, um, you know, Seth Rollins, who was getting his ribs worked throughout the entire Money in the Bank match, uh, gets like a big rib shot and then gets a one count cover and like kicks out at one. And everybody's like, oh, my God, look at this guy kicking out of one. one." I'm like, are you? I'm like, so, so Seth. Kenny Omega invented kicking well, out at one. Okay. Okay. Let me, let me put this one in a silo. Yeah. There were a couple of moments in that match uh, where it seemed like they were referencing, they were deliberately kind of biting at at Omega Osprey. Really? Okay, it's all to me. But I think that's okay. Like, it's not only thing that was okay, I think that's great. Dude, you show up to work every day, like, you got to find something to make yourself interested, right? I mean, and seriously, if you see something great, 
when I was doing art for the ringer.com every day, dude, if I saw some freaking great art out there that inspired me, I would say like, okay, like, let me, what, what, what piece is next up? I'm going to do my version of that. Yes. You know, it's like you get, this is, this is how creativity works. Yes. Now, if I'm going to pick my top 10 pieces for a gallery show, I might not pick the one that's like heavily leaning on someone's inspiration. I'll pick the one that's like, that came two months later that absorbed that and regurgitated it and whatever else. But like, man, I mean, you're working that, like, I, and, and listen, I wouldn't recommend doing what I did as an artist to someone who's out there, who's do, who does one piece a month. This is, that's the learning process. But there was a period where I was doing 10, 15 pieces a day for the ringer.com, right? Mm-hmm. I'm learning in real time in front of everybody, just like these wrestlers are doing, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you're out there in front of a camera, in front of a crowd five times a week. You're not, you're not just like, oh, let, you don't, if you saw, if you see a cool move, Watching old videos, you're not going to be like, oh, let me see if I can do that during my 10 hours in the training room wrestling. No, you do yeah. it on, you do it in front of a crowd. I don't think there's anything weird about that at all. And by the way, we love it when CM Punk does a Bret Hart match from 15 years ago, 20 years ago or whatever, right. you know, I and mean, they're just doing it move for move. Like, yeah, you see somebody do something cool, you should be like, yeah, I'm going to go try to do that. And we'll see if anybody notices. It's part of the joke. It's part of the fun, you know, but and- that's separate. And Go on ahead. top of that, it's almost, I always looked at it as a, as an homage, right? Like, exactly. Almost exactly. That as in like, yo, like if you're a real wrestling fan, this is the type of shit you're into, right? Like, I don't think Kobe Bryant, you know what I mean? Studied meticulously Michael Jordan and was, you know what I mean? Like, obviously he did, but he's also going to be like, you know what? I'm going to extend my range because in this era of the NBA, more guys at my position shoot three pointers. So I got to shoot more threes and also take uh, inspiration from the greatest person to ever do this in my, in my profession. Right? Like nobody looks at LeBron James and saying, Oh, he's a six, nine point guard. He's just a ripoff of magic Johnson. And I don't think LeBron said, all right, I'm going to do everything Magic Johnson did, but I'm also going to jump out the gym and be extremely athletic and also, like, do all these other things as far as, uh, you know, uh, inspiration. Like, great art is from, is inspired from great artists, right? Like, and and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, and on top of that, lesser people have tried <laughs> to imitate the rock at stone cold steve austin okay well bringing it so, full circle you're right and i think that the, i think that the distinction is wrestling is day in and day out i mean there, there i don't know if this matters up to a lot of people but it, it's like whatever man it's like if i mean there's a lot of musicians that are inspired by their musicians and they're very open about it now it'd be it'd be a different thing if like you're uh you know, if you're a rapper and you hear some new rapper that comes out of nowhere and you just take his flow, take his voice, and you're just like, change yourself to be like him. Yeah, that would be a little bit weird unless you're super overt, like, hey, this is my homage album. But yeah, if you're no like one's the gonna game. Get, yeah, <laughs> but no one's going to get mad if you're like, hey, I'm going to do a song at a concert that that's like this guy and just sh- and it'll be kind of a like a wink, wink, like I'm co- like I'm doing it deliberately to sound like somebody like no one has a problem with that. Right. Nah. So, but it's a different. It's the difference between doing it as a concert and putting it on your album and wrestlers are concert performers, right? So, I mean that Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh I, I don't know. Do you listen do you listen to the game, Dave? Yeah. West Coast rapper of the game. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of his shit, right? Like a lot of times he would get on records with artists and like damn near mimic the artist he's on the song with, right? Like he'll do yeah. a song with Kendrick Lamar and like do the same sort of Kendrickisms that Kendrick does on the song. He'll do a song with Tyler the Creator and do like the same sort of Tylerisms or whatever with Drake, like mm-hmm. with everybody. And with 50 Cent, anybody, who, and it was almost 
you know, at first I looked at it as like, damn, this dude's just really not original. Like, why is he just, he just bites flows. He bites everybody's flow. But then it got to a point where I'm like, God damn, that's kind of actually impressive that like he can get on a song with and somebody do you're who sounds, doing. and do what you're doing to make a better experience for the listener, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not just, hey, I'm pretending to not, you know, uh, make this a nod to what you do really well. He'll even name the song after something that is a, a, a characteristic of the artist he's on the song with. So I think in his mind... And I think what is also in L.A. Knight's mind, it's making for a better overall product. It's making for a better just experience. All right. So, yeah, square the circle here. I mean, L.A. Knight is, yes, derivative. There's a lot of but there's a lot of examples in pro wrestling history of people. Jacking swagger, uh, as (laughs) as you would say, Um, uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of examples of stolen gimmicks. We've talked about this a million times before. People always go to the Road Warriors and their numerous, the numerous Road Warrior clones that were out there. Superstar Billy the, Graham. The they Superstar all, Billy all. Graham who just passed away. All the nature boys throughout history. Um, and again, I said this a million times before, but they were using the, the term nature boy to describe wrestlers in like 1915. You know I mean? Like this is, it goes back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there. I mean, there's all these examples. Now, you know, Billy Graham is probably the best example of people just like copying the flow to put it in rap terms, you know, or to keep <laughs> it in rap terms. Um, and a lot of people did that. Now, there's a in the past, prior to WWE's WWF's national expansion. Yes, it was very like it was like totally normal to steal somebody else's stuff because no one, because the audience in Florida would not see. The, you know, it's not the same as the audience in the Northeast. You know, and and like you would just oh, he's doing that's working there. Let's do it down here. Whether it's a gimmick, whether it's a you got to go? No, no, no. She's good. She's good. All right. No, 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 you're good. The audience in Texas or Florida or wherever is not the same as the audience in the Northeast. So if someone's working there, whether it's a storyline or a gimmick or a character, then you just do it yourself down there. And wrestlers themselves would see other wrestlers do moves, do voices, and they and they would they would take it on. And you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? If all those people back then had Twitter or Instagram or YouTube or any <laughs> or of this thread, stuff, apparently, yeah, or thread. I promise you, there'll be a whole lot more swagger jacking going on in the history of professional wrestling because that's all. Yeah, you're of course. To do. Oh yeah, if they had access to all that stuff, absolutely. Do what works. But I think what LA Knight does is something different. Hmm. I think LA Knight is this weird. Is a, almost a deliberate or not like a postmodern mashup like he's doing it not because yes because it's happened before and it worked but also like in full reference to them like he knows that he's on the same program that those people were on Mm -hmm. you know he knows that he's doing moves and catchphrases and whatever else that that other people have done before in in different iterations he knows that we used to call it sing along with the rock he knows that he is covering sing along with the rock this you know whatever you know he knows that's what he's doing and the fans know it too it's the same reason why the fans pop for like like reiterative gimmicks to say it's like i think i said it last week it's the same reason that like nerds like us were like super into the ascension because they were like the legion of doom and and demolition and all these characters that came before right it's weird it feels like at one point he would be almost he would be he would be celebrated as a student of the game once upon a time right we'd be like look at this guy he gets it he knows how to work crowds he knows these things that that the greats react to and it's so awesome but i feel like now we're in such an era of being able to 
say gotcha to people and and be able to say, hey, I had this thought first. Everybody filed this thought. Because it's not like L.A. Knight is running from the comparisons, right? Like, he had the interview with Of course Aaron not, because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He was on a reality show with The Rock as a host, and he said, I want to be a professional wrestler. He said, I've idolized you and all these other things. Like, he's been even... Before he got called back up to NXT, he was doing pro wrestler commercials with Ric Flair, just doing generic wrestler gimmicks. The man knows the game. He knows what works. And if nobody can do Stone Cold and The Rock better than he can, he would be a fool to keep that tool in his chamber, to keep that bullet in his chamber, right? You got to use that shit because if it worked for anybody else, and trust me, they would have done it. Like, I, I love me some Ricky Starks. But if Ricky Starks can do The Rock better than L.A. Knight can do The Rock, trust me, he would be doing it every single week. And I'm not saying he's trying to be like The Rock, but there's always been those comparisons, right? It, it's, it's, it just means you're good at what you do if you're being compared to people that good at You know, it's funny, did. like, people weren't by, weren't talking about swagger jacking back in the late 90s or whatever when, like, everybody had their own version of the people's elbow. You know, there was, like, the worm <laughs> and, like, everything. Like, everybody was doing that the stuff. Now LA Knight elbow. does it. LA Knight does it 20 years later, and people are just like, come on, man, what do you, who do you think you're getting? Like, we all know what he's doing. We all mm. know what he's, I mean, listen, I don't want to go, it's not just a Kevin Nash thing. Yes, we all, I think the answer to Kevin Nash is very straightforward. Are you the only one seeing this? No, we're all seeing this. This is why we're cheering this. That's why we this like is it. why we're happy about this. You know, we're all seeing this. The rest of it doesn't really matter. Older wrestlers, and Kevin Nash is really the exception in the room more often than not. But like, you get, sometimes you get caught up in the sort of like, you know, unwritten rules of your era. I remember years ago, I might did I say this recently. This is this must be oh, maybe over a decade ago. Dude, when I was on Cheap Eat. And Rosenberg and I were having a conversation like this about, and Greg, about um, Steve Austin talking about how the DDT had been diminished because it wasn't a finisher anymore. This is like Steve Austin on Austin on his, the early days of his podcast complaining that the DDT didn't mean anything anymore. Meanwhile, and listen, Steve Austin is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and a personal inspiration to me and icon in my mind. Uh, I love everything he does. This is just taking one thing, one isolated incident. But you're talking about how the DDT has been acknowledged and your se- and the setup move to your finisher is the Luthez press. It's not even like a move that some dude used to use as a finisher. It's called the Luthez press. <laughs> it was the finisher of the, one of the greatest wrestlers in the history of time. And you do it like in your heat up spot, you know, like wrestling evolves. And part of what wrestling's evolution is is looking back at the things of the past and taking what's work and what works and and going after it. We the thing is we're smart now. All of us fans are wise. So we know when you do a spot that worked in the past because you're trying to get when you do a hope spot, when you do a hot tag, we all react like we're supposed to react. It also feel it's natural whatever else, but we're self-aware about it just like the wrestlers are. So you don't have to like actually look like you're going to die so much as you have to like go through the sort of stations of making that of of reminding us what this move is supposed to look like, what this moment is supposed to feel like. LA Knight's taking it to another level. And guess what? Not everybody else can do this. We can't have a show full of people just cosplaying as 90s stars. But you can have one. You certainly can't have a show full of, like, you know, of uh, zombie morticians either. But you can have one, and it can really work, you know? And and, and it is that- working. That's the thing. It is working. 
It's working really well, you know, and guess what? It's doing it for the fans. It's all about the fan service and fan interaction. That's what pro wrestling is. And we'll know it's not working when we start booing him, which will come, uh, you know, in like, uh, I'd say roughly 13 months after the big <laughs> face turn and the run at the top and everything else. So Yeah, we anyway. know how this goes. <laughs> um, what, what do you want to hit on? I was talking to my 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 cousin, my, 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 my wife's cousin, um, Chris, who's a huge wrestling fan in a wedding mm -hmm. this weekend. And he always tells me that I need to have, he said, you guys, guys got to make t-shirts so I can wear them. I was like, okay, we do have to make t-shirts. And he's like, no, I, you need to make a t-shirt that says we got to get out of here. I'm <laughs> just like, I didn't realize that was my catchphrase. <laughs> but I do say it a couple of times a week. Um, I, I, I was thinking of what's up shoes as a, as a shirt. Like that's got to happen. What's up shoes? That's great. Yeah. We're going to, we'll, 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 we'll figure something out. But we anyway, Want to talk? We haven't talked about AEW at all. If you, if you could pick one thing from Dynamite to talk about, what do you want to talk about? Is it MJF oh. doing Adam Cole's shtick? Oh, I absolutely loved the MJF Adam Cole dynamic. It was... I did not expect. I thought there'd be some version of this, this sort of like faux friendship thing that they would do, but I didn't expect MJF to go all in as being well, not being the second banana, sort of. MJF always brings the sports entertainment. He always brings the stuff outside of the ring that makes him really interesting. And I think this past uh, week, I mean, they've been, they've been teasing it since like the past two weeks, just them being bros and let's go have a bro down and bro chacho and call them all types of bro words and stuff. And I don't know, like, I don't know where it's heading. I don't think it's going to end in them being AEW Tag Team Champions, but now I kind of hope so, right? Like Now I kind of hope so because we were just talking about Swagger. We just had a whole 30-minute episode, uh, part of the episode about Swagger Jacking and yeah. doing things that work and doing things that This is that good work. Swagger Jacking, this is, yeah. This is the best form of Swagger Jacking <laughs> you could do in AEW because you don't have enough of this. You don't have enough character development. And it feels like MJF, is always doing the heavy lifting as far as adding layers to characters and doing stuff that I, I know he gets the you're a mark chance, but I feel like the fact that he is such a mark is that he knows that you know that he knows what you're thinking. Right? Like, oh, here we go. The can they coexist? How can we take the can they coexist storyline that has been done a zillion times? and make it more interesting, and make it palatable for the AEW fan base, right? And I think they're nailing it. I think the addition of Roderick Strong kind of gives it a nice dynamic because he's supposed to be the straight guy, and he's the sort of only path back to his Undisputed Era days, where uh, I guess you could say was Adam Cole's prime. And, you know, this, and, and it's not that it's just... It would it would be weird if it was just Adam Cole and MJF as this random tag team in this tag team tournament. But the fact that they're all random tag teams and they seem to be the two that's getting along the best. Um and they both hate Tony Schiavone. <laughs> like it's it's there's things there where it's like, damn, maybe they are they are more alike than they are similar. You know what I mean? And then they are than they are dissimilar. You know what I'm saying? So um I thought it was just really, really entertaining. I had a blast watching those two guys, the birthday celebration, the cake. And um, I, I'm still trying to fit. I had a blast too. They were, 
It was funny when he saw the 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 preview the promo graphic for this show. They announced the Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland match. Swerve and Keith forced back into an alliance. And, but then they just said MJF and Adam Cole would have a match. They didn't even announce who their opponents would be in this um, tag team uh, random generator or eliminator, whatever it is. But he fought uh, um, uh, the Butcher and Matt Menard, and they won. I mean, uh, I'm not quite sure what the point of this tag team thing is. It's a little bit – I kind of wish they were giving it more hype, uh, like the Lethal Lotto back in the day. But, uh, but, but, but those two together are just incredible. And I'm, I'm glad to see Kenny back in the main event and doing his thing. Um, but that, those two guys feeding off each other is exactly the kind of stuff that I want to be watching. So kudos to those guys. Uh, a couple of news items before we get out. I'm just going to read the headlines. I'm not even going to read the stories. All right. I'll read the headlines of being comment. Right. Uh, quote, a high ranking person in WWE creative felt, quote, trepidation about Roman Reigns being pinned. <laughs> so I'm not going to click through subtitle. That high-ranking person was Paul Heyman. Um, <laughs> next piece, uh, Zelina Vega interested in working with her husband, Malachi Black, again. Yeah, that's great. I'd be interested in working with my wife, too. Yeah. Uh, Anybody want to hire a team? That's great. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, Santos Escobar wants to recruit members to the LWO. On the one hand, sure. On the other hand, no, you don't. You, learn, your, learn the NWO's lesson. Recruit <laughs> yeah, somebody, yes. you better kick somebody out. There you go. Keep it streamlined. And if you're going to add anybody, it better be Carlito, damn it. That's it. Yeah, whatever happened to Carlito? <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to, no, he's don't supposed we want to be him back, back soon, still? right? Yeah, I think I so. Um, let's see. Cody Rhodes says winning the world title is not finishing the story. This is just, who cares? We're just worried. If, if it's finishing the story, <laughs> if it becomes the story, it be, that is finishing the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, let's see. Jerry McDevitt's out as WWE's lawyer in the MLW lawsuit says he's retired. Okay, well, there you okay. go. There you go. All right. Um, uh, Roman Reigns was banned from TikTok. Do you someone want to explain that one to me? Oh, I did see that. I think he, uh, he it's either blocked or banned, or I don't know what happened. He must have posted something that got him. There's banned. a limit to sexuality, and Roman Reigns just oozes it through his pores. You know, it's I mean, much, it's like you can't. You look at that face. That's that's the that the most scandalous thing you can look too at. Too much, too much zaddiness for TikTok. Last headline: <laughs> Teddy Long wants Goldberg's retirement match to be against Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> The greatest, the greatest general manager in the history of sports entertainment, Teddy Long, with another banger, Goldberg versus Bret Hart in a retirement match. He owes Bret at least that, right? He owes Bret. I don't know. It'll never happen. I don't even know how I would book that. <laughs> you have to go over in your retirement match, or do you go out on? You can go on your back for Bret Hart. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. everybody just. Keep that sounds in your like, head. It sounds like Brett would rather drag his nuts around <laughs> solid concrete rather than work with Goldberg again. It's, I, I'd have to, I think it's going to be a hard pass for him. Um, yeah, uh, you're not you're not what? doing the Garden uh, this Friday, right? Not doing the MSG uh, Smack Dizzle Smack. No, man, it's just been we had the holiday weekend, and it's just been it's still it's been a long week. We had other stuff going on, but uh, but yeah, the Garden's always fun, man. I'm going to miss it. Yeah, man, I can't. I can't miss be this one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm bringing the whole fam. We're doing. Uh, got to see that 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 tribal chief court, man. And and it's the garden, man. It's it's very easy to get around there. I've had parking pass. I can kind of walk wherever. You know what I mean? It's almost like going back to work. So shit. 
Whenever yeah, WWE is or whenever anything's in MSG, you got to take advantage. So I can't wait. It's going to be great. All right, man. Well, you want to get your plugs in? Not many to plug. I mean, just, you know, catch me right here. Say less with Casual King and Rosie. We'll be back uh, very, very soon. On a small hiatus as we sort of restructure and uh, redo this entire show. You can catch me on WWE Ultimate. This is awesome. On Peacock, also new episode of The Bump as well. Uh, after Money in the Bank. And you catch me on the Points Bet app. Count it. Uh, and follow me on Threads and Instagram and Twitter. All the same name, at Kazim. Uh, and yeah, that's about it, man. You can find me here. You can find me on the press box. Uh, you can also find me on uh, the commentary track on the new documentary, the new release of the older documentary, Fake It So Real. Please check it out. It's the greatest indie wrestling documentary you're ever going to see. And be sure to check out all of the great shows on the Ringer Wrestling Show feed. This one, Wednesday Worldwide. And of course, Cheap Heat. Oh yeah, Rosenberg's got something going on this weekend. I think I might be in the city for that. Oh, I'll be um, there for that. You'll be there? Yeah, I'll be there. Ah, it'll be nice. All right, awesome. I'll see you Saturday, buddy. <laughs> um, I got to figure out I'm going to wear. I had a wedding last weekend and could, I just had like jeans and a blazer. I don't I don't even know. Oh, it, yeah, no, I got to suit it up. I got to I got to I, I got to show up the groom. Just I don't kidding. think I have a summer <laughs> weight suit anymore. I don't even know what I have in my closet, man. I got a little um, I got a little blue linen thing going on here. I might I might put something together. It should be nice, but we'll see. I'll just we'll borrow one of yours. You have any extra ones? I might be. I might what are you, be like a four, like a forty. You're like a forty-two long, forty-four. Yeah. No, I'm a four. I'm a forty. I'm a forty-six. I think. Oh well, yeah, you I, dress correctly then. Yeah. I got hella wingspan, bro. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll see you this weekend. Then sounds great. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Apologies always to John Moxley. See you back here next week, humanoids. Mazel tov, Rosenberg. Congratulations, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>